is Wyman and Bob on Seattle Sports, powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio, streaming live on the Seattle Sports app and at seattlesports.com. Now, here are your hosts, Dave Wyman and Bob Stelton. Welcome, everybody. It's Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710 and seattlesports.com. Big day, big Monday for everybody. Lots of news happening in the world of the NFL. We'll keep you up to date on all of it. Keep you entertained. Hopefully everybody's having a great day out there. Coming up, we got uh, Mike Grimm, who's the play-by-play man of the University of Minnesota. We'll be talking to him at 3.30. Why? Well, they've got a center that uh, seems to be mocked to the Seahawks quite often in this draft. Maybe they get him with that second first-round pick. We'll see what happens there. But uh, a lot of people very interested in, in him as a player. And we'll see if there's anybody flying under the radar in Minnesota that can best D-line. Well, I don't know if Philadelphia is still number one without Hargrave, but, you know, getting, I don't know. It. I think this year that we found out, and we'll get to the Duran Payne thing as well, but we found out that apparently defensive tackles are really important. Yeah, I mean, really he's, he's coming off a big year, 11 sacks, and, and he was the the top defensive tackle available. If you looked at all the, you know, there were a ton of NFL.com, ESPN, all these sites doing the top free agents and ranking them. Yep. Uh, and he was the top, you know, consistently across the board, the the top uh, defensive tackle out there. So four years, $84 million deal, 40 of it guaranteed. Now it's, it's not so much that I thought the Seahawks were going to get him. I was hoping they were interested, kicking the tires, inquiring. Uh, but the fact that he went to the Niners, I could have lived if he signed with the, uh, the Bills or something like that. Oh, bummer. Would love to have seen him here, but okay. But now he's going to the Niners who have Bosa. They've got Kinlaw. They've got Armstead. They got Now they've got Hargrave. And they've got their linebacker. Just, that defense is just ridiculous. It was already ridiculous. Now it's silly. Now it just got silly, Dave. Well, and the other thing, too, is, I mean, they just keep adding guys like uh, Omenahu. He's number 91. If you remember the playoff game, he was giving the Seahawk, the Seahawk offense a lot of trouble. And so, yeah, they're just entirely loaded. And, you know, you see the pretty good offensive line as well. I'd say, you know, well, they lost McGlinchey, obviously, which uh, he, he ended up going to Denver, Denver yeah. over the weekend. But you know, I, I feel like up on the, the front line is where the emphasis has sort of been on uh, this entire year. Because Javon Hargrave was part of, what, four or five guys, I think, that had double-digit sacks. One of them a linebacker, but the other ones were all on the defensive line. So incredibly important. And, yeah, it just it just feels bad right now because the Seahawks aren't doing anything. But, you know, maybe they're a second day, you know, third day type of team that's going to come in and find somebody. I don't remember Michael Bennett being like the hugest sign signing. I don't know if he was like a front line guy. I don't know if Cliff Averill was either. I think Averill, Averill was a bigger name at the time. Yeah, I think he was more of like a first day guy. Mm. What I mean by that is just, you know, the first guy off the block. So, um, but yeah, it's uh, it just feels kind of bad right now. I think the Seahawks will, they've got lots of draft choices and I'm sure that they're going to fortify, but it just uh, it feels like everybody's going somewhere, and especially when you look at the 49ers, man. you got to play them twice. Yeah, and the defense was already really good. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Is it just, you know, and I said in our, my notes to you guys last night, to me this is officially a two-team race. I feel the Rams are in full rebuild mode. I was reading a story last night. I forgot to send it to you guys where somebody was making the case that they need to, I mean, tear it down to the studs. They're talking about they need to either trade or cut Stafford, Trade Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald, same thing, that they just need to just 
rip it down to the studs. You mission accomplished, I think is what they were saying. Hey, you got your Super Bowl, but obviously the you know time to pay the piper, so to speak. We kept talking about when is this going to hit them? When are all these deals going to come back and bite them? And now now you're seeing it. And then you look at the Cardinals, and you've got Kyler Murray. I mean, I just I don't think it's a great situation there. I don't I don't feel like that's that's yeah. a team that's in you know on the rise. No, if you add like offensive linemen, if they keep uh, is it. Beecham, the the tackle down there that uh, that was actually saying that he, he needs to grow up. Kyler Murray does. Yeah, you feel like anything you add there is that really going to help because they have Kyler Murray and he's just not got it figured out yet. It's it's interesting to me though the article that that you were talking about that um, you know you would say okay let's get rid of Stafford, Cup, and Aaron Donald. Those were the three guys that were like the reason why they had a bad year last year. Mm-hmm. I mean so. I, I don't know. I they all mean, got hurt. <laughs> they were all out most of most of the season, and you know, I think I think it was five games that Aaron Donald played in because he ended up being, uh, or maybe he missed five. Maybe it was more like ten. But anyway, we just they didn't. You know, once when we played them that second time, it was like, wow. If I could pick the three guys off of their roster that you would want hurt, I think you brought that up. Uh, it would be those three guys, and now people are like, oh, they need to move on from them. I know. I feel like those guys still got some uh, some tread on their tires. Yeah, I mean, certainly. I, I mean, I get it on the surface based on on how much money they're making and where they're at in their career. Especially Donald, where every year it seems like, all right, is he playing? Is he retiring? Is he playing? If he's going to play, you know, it's not for much longer. Is mm-hmm. he going to play past this year? I don't know. So, I'd, as brilliant as that guy is, and he's one of the best defensive players we've ever seen. I understand that. That makes sense to me. Like you, you don't. If he's here, it might be one more season. So maybe you get something for him. Cooper Cup is a guy who's in the prime of his career. I know he's coming off injury and all of that, but that's a guy that I wouldn't be that excited to get rid of if they could restructure his deal like they just did with Deshaun Watson. I mean, we see it left and right. All these deals being restructured. That would seem to be the better move. I mean, not to not hoping the Rams get it figured out. I hope they tear it down, which it feels like they're they're attempting to. So, yeah, it, it feels like this is a battle between the Seahawks and the 49ers, and the 49ers got that much better on defense with a defense that was already an upper echelon defense. Yeah, so good defensively, and that's uh, that's why they were on that, what, 10-11 game winning streak. I'm just looking at, you know, Aaron Donald is 31, um, and then, you know, you look at uh, Stafford is, what, 35, and I think Cooper Cup is the one who's below the age of 30, but, yeah, the... I agree with you on on the two man race. Uh, it look it feels like the Seahawks very young, lots of draft choices coming up here. Got their quarterback situation figured out, and you know I, I don't know about Arizona and the Rams. We'll see. We'll see what goes on. Uh, you know I always give credit to Sean McVay. I think he's a he's a really coach, good coach, and that's you know kind of the reason why I thought that the Seahawks would be nine and eight. Let's give some credit to Pete Carroll and John Schneider. You know, I would I would extend that same thing to Sean McVay. I feel like he does a really good job. Yeah, I think in you know, listen, his coaching staff has been poached over the seasons. I mean, he's you know, yeah. a lot of these guys have left to become head coaches and have you know improved their situations. So, I I don't know you know if they're going to be down. How long are they going to be down? I don't know if it'll be that long. But you know, right now they're they're figuring out all that all that salary stuff we talked about forever. Um, in, in now you look at the Seahawks and the 49ers and it feels like the 49ers have a distinctive, certainly on defense. And this is, I guess that was, that's where my disappointment would be with that move. Not so much that the Seahawks again, didn't get them because I don't know that I really expected it would have been nice, 
But they have so many needs on the on that side. The defense has been bad for years now. Not just last year. Not just the year before. The year before. We're talking multiple years. Yeah. That's just, it's not acceptable. It's not sustainable. And we can, you know, praise Gino and everything he did. But if his defense stinks, you're going to be asking that offense to do too much. And that defense has been stinky for years now. It's got to get better. And it, and it, you know, I don't, how they do it. Is it strictly through the draft? Are they going to be going after any free agents and have a resume? Or how are they going to do it? Because now it looks, I mean, who's going to occupy the spots? You're looking at Shelby Harris is released. So that's a guy that came over in the Denver deal. Mm-hmm. Didn't He was okay. You were kind of like, yeah, you have a moment here or there. But obviously they weren't that high on him. So he, he that saves the team $8.9 million in cap space. Um, Puna Ford's a free agent that I don't know that they're going to bring him back. I don't know that he fits in the defense. He he certainly was not very impactful. We've talked about LJ Collier. Who are you left with? I mean, you, you've got individuals you feel good about their upside and Daryl Taylor and hopefully Mafe and, and, you know, but as far as that D line, you've got Al Woods, who's an older guy, who's kind of like Aaron Donald in that we're going, all right, maybe this is his last year. Maybe you're not looking at him as part of your core moving forward. He's a guy you love, but a guy who's probably not going to be there long. I don't know. Brian Monet is a guy you look at and go, yeah, you like him on the team, but is he, a, he's not an extra meeting guy. He's not a difference maker. You, you've got a lot of holes to fill on that side of the ball. Yeah. Makes me think about uh, when KJ was talking during the season and he's like, oh, there are a few years off. <laughs> that was the same yeah. day where he was talking about Gino and, you know, he apologized for his, uh, Harsh assessment of of Gino and how much he should be paid, but well, um, he was right. Yeah, he got I mean, it right. He, he did. Yeah, I mean, it ended up being right. But you know, the other thing he said was, "Hey, they're a couple years away." I mean, it's you know, I feel like they're going to address their defense a lot in the draft. But um, you know, D tackle is not like the greatest position. I mean, there's lots of good edge rushers, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's where they're going to cash in. But you're right about the multiple years, man. I mean, it's you go back going back to 2020. I mean, that's when they were 31st, 31st in, uh, I think, passing yards, uh, and then 22nd in total yards. This last year, they were 26. Mm-hmm. They're giving up 361 yards. Really, the, the area of improvement was pass defense, and, you know, the young guys got it done. That was without Jamal Adams, too, and I know a lot of people say, well, he doesn't pay, play the, the pass very well, but, you know, he, he's part of that defensive backfield. That They're pretty good, but, yeah, the, the area that really needs to be fixed is to me the run game right away. I mean, they were number 30, 150 yards a game they were given up. So, where is that going to come from? You mentioned all of those guys and that, you know, they're not necessarily difference makers on the inside. I think, you know, the one guy you're like, okay, if we know Al Woods is going to be able to give us a full year, you put him in the middle of that defense, but still you got to spell him a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got some pretty decent edge players right now, but if you add one in the draft, there's still another, I think, D-tackle that, that you need to go get. And then we haven't even talked about linebacker. Yeah. I mean, you saw Tremaine Edmonds uh, uh, going for $72 million to the contract Bears. to the Bears. Good linebacker. There's Drew Tranquil is another kid that I like out of uh, um, Los Angeles, the Chargers, that is, that I think is a good player. But, yeah, all of a sudden you look, yeah, we're pretty light there too. You feel pretty good about your defense, but – linebackers on the inside particularly second level guys and then those big d tackles i think is where it's it kind of feels thin right now it doesn't kind of feel thin bob 
It feels really thin. It's very thin. It's very, yeah. it's worrisome just because, you know, and I wouldn't worry nearly as much. Honestly, I think I would feel a lot better if we thought Jordan Brooks was on, on schedule because, you know, at least you would have that as your, your rock at linebacker. Maybe you can fill somebody else in there. Maybe they re-sign Cody. I don't know. They fix things. But, you know, still, those guys were, they had offensive linemen in their laps a lot of uh, the season. Yeah, it's and I know they're they're draft wise they've got what ten picks. Um, I sent you guys a thing last night that was pretty cool. It yeah. broke, broke down how many picks each team has Everybody and has. what what numbers they are and all that. So that was pretty informative. But they they've got a lot of picks. But as you talk about, you can't. I mean, last year was awesome. Last year was amazing. But you can't count on that. You can't count on all of your draft picks contributing the way they did last year. You've got to bring in somebody. You've got so many holes that you you got to bring in somebody with a resume, somebody that's done something in this league. It, you know, it'd be great if they could duplicate last year's draft. I don't expect it. I hope for it. I don't expect it. What and if they do? Then, <laughs> then, then they'll be there'll be torches and, and and parades in the streets or chanting in the streets if they don't get executive. John doesn't get executive yeah. of the year after if he has back to back drafts like that and does not get executive of the year, then. It's 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 pointless to even talk about it. They just they got a ton done at you know, and those two guys, two rookies starting at each tackle, it was like it was like the first or second time that that's occurred in the NFL since like nineteen seventy. The yeah, rookie modern back, day. rookie cornerbacks. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was just across the board. So they do have a lot of picks and hopefully some of those guys will contribute, but I that's you can't pin your season on that. You gotta you gotta have some guys that you know. Here's what we know this guy does at this level. Well, it is, it's funny because we, we were talking to Bump. This is back before Bump was on the show with Stacy, but I remember uh, we used to talk to him every week. And, you know, the question was who goes to the playoffs sooner, the Seahawks or the Mariners? And they both went, and the yeah. Mar- but the Mariners were first. <laughs> they <laughs> got there first of, because of their season. But I, I remember him saying Mariners, and he goes, Well, Dave, I'm just going to kind of quote what you always say you can't trust rookies. Yeah. I'm like, Yeah, I do say that. And so, yeah, I think anytime you can get that. And that's why last year was just miraculous to me. And I thought it was a, a lot of it was about coaching. So, I mean, at least the if you think about it this way, because we have a tendency to talk about the defense and, you know, who where's the leadership, what what's going on with the coaching. But they did coach those young fellas into having really good seasons. Even Boye Mafe, you know, I think as just a, a regular rookie second rounder, I think he ended up with three sacks. You know, you end up having him out on the field quite a bit. But, you know, you had guys that were candidates for defensive rookie of the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that that was, uh, you know, in, in one sense, that was pretty amazing. The staff, the coaching staff, what they did with those young guys. Yeah. Yeah. And and you were referencing KJ. He talked about this defense and, you know, if they're going to stick with the three, four that they ran this year. And I would expect some sort of tweaks to it. But, boy, they they didn't have the right personnel. And it doesn't sound like they're bringing, you know, they're kind of moving on from those guys, whether we're talking about Shelby Harris, whether you're talking about maybe LJ Collier or, or Puna Ford, what have you, uh, KJ talking about that 3-4. Yeah, going from a 4-3 to a 3-4, I, I did that my last year. Like, 2020, we went to the 3-4 stick front, and um, that's the move that they wanted to go forward. And um, just looking at personnel that we had on the football field this past season, in particular with the um, 
the linebackers and the interior defensive line. It was it was not pretty. It was not pretty at all. Just watching those guys get pushed around, just watching the line but the linebackers get you know suffocated by blocks and not be able to to find their way to make their plays. And so um, I wanted I want more big boys up front. You want to go three four? Let's get some some big guys up there. Some big Al Woods at all three spots: the nose and the two three techniques. Well, right now you got Al Woods, who's going to be thirty six years old, I think, in a couple of days here. Uh, so we'll we'll see how they address it. I, we there's no doubt there's a plan that there's. We talked about the grease board and you know, here's plan A. Here's what we're going to do. Here's B. You know I don't I don't know if they were looking at Hargrave or if they thought no we're not going to spend that much on that position. Who knows? Uh, the other guy we brought up obviously was was uh, Duran Payne, who stays in in Washington. He signs a four year ninety million dollar deal, sixty million guaranteed. You got a starting quarterback here in Geno Smith, who was one of the best quarterbacks in the league last year, who's making decidedly less than a defensive tackle. <laughs> That's it's well, amazing and, how things have changed. Yeah. Well, and, you know, when uh, Deron Payne's um, tag number was given, and it was right next to nineteen what Josh, million. Josh Jacobs was going to get, who is a running back who can do all kinds of damage. It's about ten million dollars less, nine million dollars less, I guess. It's it's amazing the value of that. But you know, KJ talks about that, and you know, you know the difference when you're playing linebacker, when you're playing behind, playing by behind Cortez Kennedy was ridiculous. I mean, there was lots of times where I'm like, oh. I don't even have to do that because Cortez just did everything. Then, you know, I went to Denver, and there was a couple of times where the D-lineman, one guy I won't mention in particular, that I love to slip blocks and let them come up to the second <laughs> level. And, yeah, it's just a, it's just a huge difference that, that you see that. And, look, I, I was willing to do my part. You know, I'll hit the gap and I'll take on the guard, but I can't have two guys or I can't have a guy getting a square shot on me. I mean, at least grab him or something if you're going to let him go. So, yeah, that that part is, is I think, you know, you, you hear it kind of in KJ's voice there. And I feel the same way that, like, up front, that's where you really need to be solid. And I, you know, and if you, uh, I kind of feel like if it's 4-3, you need two of those guys. You know, the two in inside tackles. For a 4-3. In a 4-3. Okay. You know, if you, you just need two big guys. But I feel like in the 3-4, you, you kind of need three. You know, yeah. you need a guy that can hold the edge at tackle. And so where they're going to get those guys from, I'm not sure. I feel like it's right now they're in a better spot. I don't know if Jalen Carter is going to be there. I don't even know if they're going to pick Jalen Carter. But, you know, I feel like if you get him, yeah, that's that's one guy. But... You know, maybe you can get by with him and Al Woods at the nose and then whoever is at the other one. It's like offensive line. We talk about if you can get like, you know, three, four guys that are really solid, you know, you can deal with one guy that's a little on the weak side. But, you know, I feel like if if you were at 4-3, I mean, you just need a couple of those guys, and that's what Payne plays in, that, you know, it's not as, as big of a deal. And I feel like they're hard to come by right now. All right, let's take two. Well, we're going to do some uh, quarterback news at 2.30, but a couple more moves around the NFL. Hectic day today. Bears signed former Bills linebacker Tremaine Edwards to a three, Tremaine Edmonds to a four-year, $72 million deal, $50 million guaranteed. And the Broncos are signing former 49ers right tackle Mike McGlinchey to a five-year, $87.5 million deal with $50 million guaranteed. Goodness. Well, there's a big tackle going to uh, help block for Russ. I think there was a lot of pressure on that uh, on that offensive line last year, and yeah. So, they, aside from him, they were they were routinely panned. I yeah. mean, they, he he 
bore the brunt of the criticism, deservedly so. But a lot of uh, a lot of criticism was directed at that Broncos O line. Yeah, so at least McGlinchey's leaving. Yeah, <laughs> the division, that. you know, he, he's gone. So, but yeah, Tremaine Edmonds. I, it's funny, inside linebacker, all of a sudden starting to be, you know, like a, a big deal. I mean, that's something we haven't worried about for years around here. Because you had Bobby and KJ for such a long time. Mm. Then you draft Jordan, and then you get Coat. Uh, Kobe, I'm sorry, Cody in there. And, you know, he starts to, wow, I can't even remember my boy's name. I know, you've disowned him. There's nothing personal there. He's a stranger to you now. (laughs) Wow, we're going to move on from that. No, no, no. Uh, Some college basketball non-firings and a hiring. Uh, Ole Miss has hired Chris Beard, who was fired at Texas two months ago after being arrested and charged with domestic violence. And that charge was later dismissed. But Ole Miss hires former Texas coach Chris Beard today. And UW yesterday announced they're bringing back embattled head coach Mike Hopkins for his seventh season. I didn't see positive reaction to either of these stories on social media, Dave. You'd be surprised to learn. You're kidding. <laughs> People just not happy about either one of these. Chris Beard, obviously, he's, he comes with a lot of baggage. And then uh, Mike Hopkins has seemed to have fallen out of favor with the majority. Not everybody, but the majority of, of uh, Husky basketball fans that I see on social media. None seemed really pleased with this. Well, the new Texas coach got his guys fired up because uh, they just whooped Kansas in the Big 12 championship game. But, yeah, I, I've always liked Mike Hopkins, and, you know, he runs the zone. I remember, you know, Danny giving him a hard time about running the zone. 2-3 zone there. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I, that's not surprising to hear that people – they want. They got their torches lit. Yep. They got their pitchforks. Yeah, they want people fired. Yep. They demand jobs. Demand jobs. All right. Take two is brought to you by Swedish Cyberknife. Treat prostate cancer with Swedish Cyberknife. Swedish.org slash Cyberknife Prostate. Coming up, the quarterback chain reaction has started in the NFL. We'll get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. Wyman and Bob. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Moves are happening, Dave. Breaking news surrounding the Seahawks, or now a former Seahawk. The commanders, according to Tom Pelissero, are signing former Seahawks linebacker Cody Barton to a one-year fully guaranteed deal per source. Wow. Are you okay? How much? Doesn't say. I don't no. see any. It uh, just says Why one. are you looking at me, Lefko? It's a tough, He's tough day for you. <laughs> I, mean, I feel mean, bad. It's the, the relationship really just hit the rocks, hit the skids. He didn't live up to your expectations as a father. And, you know, it just is. Uh, just disappointed in him. Yeah, I'm not mad at you, Cody. I'm just disappointed <laughs> is what you said to him. And he took his ball and decided to go play elsewhere. So Cody Barton, now a member of the Washington Commanders, one-year deal. And I'm not seeing I'm seeing a bunch of tweets echoing the same thing. I don't see any uh, details. You know, I first of all, I thought he's a great kid. Uh, but uh, you know, I feel that same way about Jordan Brooks. I mean, they're both they're both great kids. It's just that you know, Cody. I saw so much potential in him when he was sitting behind, and he played so well in that four three. I mean, there there were times where I think a lot of people thought that he wasn't very smooth, that he was clunky, mm-hmm. and I can kind of see that a little bit. And then, and then I'll, I'll I'll make the excuse that last year a lot of times, and and KJ exi- put this exactly right that there was lots of times that everybody else was sort of waiting for a block to develop as far as linebackers go, and Jordan Brooks would just run through it. Now it wasn't pretty all the time, and there were times where he had to make tackles three, four, five yards downfield, 
but he didn't get caught up in the wash. Mm-hmm. Cody got caught up in the wash. Uh, there was a there was a lot of stuff that just didn't make sense to him. And then, I mean, if you go back and look at that T.J. Hawkinson tackle that he missed in Detroit, it was really bad, really bad. And you know, and Lofa pointed out something that I didn't even notice, but he could have had an interception. I mean, he he was in his head. I mean, I I, I feel like. But I don't know what caused like the bad tackle with T.J. Hawkinson. I mean, that was yeah, just, that wasn't a scheme thing. Not at all. <laughs> it was it was way downfield. Same thing. But then you know he goes through a streak where he picks off Tom Brady. He picks off Stafford. You know uh, he's he's playing pretty well, and he kind of went the way of the that that defense went. But I'll I'll be very curious to see how he plays because now he's going to have those big guys in front of him. You know, Deron Payne being Watch one him of turn them. into a pro bowler. <laughs> You're going to go, see, I told you. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> not like the idiots that texted in and goes, Woman, I mean, he sucks. You were terrible. Well, they're, they're checking in right now. It says, Somebody. <laughs> the Barton era is over. Somebody says, uh, Seth and Fresno, wow. Sorry to hear, Dave. Sending my condolences. <laughs> 360, goodbye. Don't let the door hit you in the butt. Uh, another uh, 206, my condolences, Dave. Breaking up is hard to do. Well, you know, the other day I was sort of reminiscing about the time when I was possibly in 2004 going to be a scout. And people were going to say, you know, people were saying, you know, oh, maybe you could be a GM by now. And then somebody said something about the Cody Barton thing. And <laughs> that's why Wyman wouldn't be a GM or something like that. But um yeah, I just he does have the ability and look during that time don't take it from me. Other people in that are really good at analyzing players for the Seahawks thought he was a starter in the NFL on almost every NFL team. So, they well, obviously Washington has interest in him. Yeah, they, 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 they I liked mean, him. It's not a huge commitment in terms of length. Again, we don't know what uh to this point I haven't seen any of the financial terms of the deal it just says one year deal fully guaranteed, whatever that is. Yeah. So I, I can't imagine it's for a, a ton of money, but he's he's getting a shot to show what he this is a prove it year for him. This yeah. is that's a prove it deal. He goes to a a defense which on the surface looks like it suits him better especially with what they have up front whereas now this boy this this was already a thin struggling defense and whether you like the players or not it's getting thinner you know whether you like Shelby Harris or not he's not going to be there whether you like Cody or not he's not going to be there doesn't appear Puna is going to be there um, we're not sure about Jordan Brooks we don't know if he's going to be healthy or not I mean there's boy there's a there's a lot of question marks on, on this defense you know at yeah. least in in the way of personnel and and again I. They have a plan, what it is. We're not entirely sure. How do they fill all? That's multiple spots. They can't all be occupied by rookies. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very curious to see how they do it. And 509 wants to know who gets the dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you know, I was just talking about the defense there. Deron Payne, Montez Sweat, and then Jonathan Allen is the other defensive tackle. I believe he's still signed there. Well, and Chase Young, who'd been hurt. Yeah, and he's he's a defensive end along with Montez Sweat. I mean, those are four first-round draft choices right there. So, yeah, we'll see how he plays there. It'll be very interesting. I'll be very curious to see what happens with him. But anyway, getting back to the news that we were supposed to do in yeah. this. Uh, so there you go. There was after some... everybody, you know, have your fun. Go ahead. Take your shots <laughs> yeah. at me. Well, there was one. I'll give you one and then we'll move on. It okay. said, uh, I actually, the 360, I actually wanted Cody back on a one-year deal. He wasn't so bad when he played middle linebacker and we don't have any linebackers. So yeah, 
They're not wrong. They're not wrong about that. But, uh, yeah, so we'll we'll see how they address all of this. Meanwhile, the quarterbacks are moving. Jimmy Garoppolo finds a new home. Three-year deal, $67.5 million with the Raiders, $34 million of it guaranteed. Is he a big upgrade over Carr? I think we both kind of like both of these guys. I like Carr. I mean, but we're watching from a distance, certainly, with Carr. Don't see all the all of what he does well and doesn't do well. Uh Jimmy, we've seen his problem is, isn't so much his ability. It's staying healthy, being available. He's, he, the guy does well when he's healthy, at least with the 49ers. Now we'll see he's not surrounded by that level of talent with the Raiders that he had in San Francisco. So we'll see how he does. But it feels sort of like a lateral move, doesn't it? I think Derek Carr is a, be- a much better quarterback. Yeah. I, I think he's a. I think he's a, a much more put together. Like he can do pretty much everything. I think Jimmy Garoppolo... I feel like you can bring Derek Carr into your system and say, this is what we're doing, and he can do everything. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, and him going there I think is good for him. I kind of root for Jimmy G. I feel like he's he's always been, uh, you know, seems like a really nice guy, and, you know, he's he's a decent quarterback. He he took his team to the NFC Championship game a couple years ago in a Super Bowl mm-hmm. a few years ago. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he's the guy that gets you over the top necessarily because he really doesn't throw the ball well. Uh, outside the numbers. I mean, he throws it inside, and I think on time, you know, he's he's good, high completion percentage. The other thing is he's reunited with Joshy Boy, Josh McDaniels, who coached in, in New England when he was there. And I feel like he kind of knows what Jimmy is all about and what he can and can't do. And so I think it's, you know, that's a good signing for the Raiders, but uh, I think it's, it's I don't want to say it's a downgrade, but it's he's not as good as Derek Carr. So they didn't. They certainly didn't take a step up, in your opinion. I don't think so. Yeah. So, and maybe it was just, hey, the relationship's done here with Carr. It's not about that he's bad or good. It's just we're, this is untenable on some level. So let's yeah. we got we got to make a change. Uh, and then the other one that everybody's keeping an eye on, and and some are saying it's a done deal. You know, Trey Wingo tweeted out I think two hours ago now. Yeah, two hours. His exact tweet was, "Hearing Rogers to the Jets is done." History about to repeat itself between New York and Green Bay. Time is indeed a flat circle. <laughs> Come on, Trey. <laughs> that's his tweet. So he's saying he's he's hearing it's done. It kind of feels like that's the momentum. Like we're just waiting for the official announcement. We know they they chartered the private jet and went out to see him and had conversations and and you know uh, what what's uh, their their other quarterback White. He's gone. Mm-hmm. Now they have Zach Wilson, who everybody forgot about, who was what the number two overall pick, and you're not hearing a peep about him. And I, you and I talked about him during the break, saying you spend that kind of draft capital on a on a guy that's been in the league for a couple of years, and you're already done. He must he must not be great behind the scenes, like the kind of guy he is. Maybe the team just doesn't like him or something that. Rookie struggle. You expect that. You see you see all kinds of rookie quarterbacks struggle, and then they find their footing. And this one seems like they pulled the cord on him pretty quickly and that he's not even a consideration. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I asked that question the other day to, to Schneider about, like, where people make mistakes about quarterbacks. And, and one of the things that he said was that you have to project forward. You can't just look at what they've done up to this point. And, right. and I'm not sure what their process is as far as looking like, I mean, I'm sure there's lots of things that, that go into that, but some people are just not good ev- evaluators of quarterbacks. And, you know, Seahawks seem to have been uh, so far, but you he's know, played two years, two seasons. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of funny, you know, he the whole talk about him following Brett Favre, you know when Brett Favre went to the to the Jets, they were nine and seven. 
that that year in 2008 when he went there. Mm-hmm. He threw 22 touchdowns and 22 interceptions. Goodness. He has thrown a buttload of interceptions in his career. He threw, I should say. Yeah. 336 interceptions. Now, it's over a long period of time, but still. He had a lot of years where he led the NFL in touchdowns. He was I'm putting sorry, it up there for grabs. In inter- interceptions. Yeah. He was, uh, he was a gunslinger. That was his his claim to fame. All right, coming up, could one less hour of sleep possibly be the headliner for what's bugging Bob? I don't know. We'll get into that next here with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710. What's bugging Bob? It could be traffic. Hey, 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 hey. It might be Angels fans. I hate you. I hate you. I don't even know you. And it's definitely Stephen A. Smith. I got a lot of problems with you people. It's time to find out what's Bugging Bob. Oh, I can't wait for this. I don't even know what it is. A little bit bit more uh, football news here. According to Adam Schefter, the 49ers have reached agreement on a one-year deal with former Panthers quarterback Sam Darnold, who I'm not jealous or upset about this at all, but what I will say is if he doesn't succeed (laughs) out there... You're not jealous. No. (laughs) I'm jealous of the Hargrave deal. I'm very jealous of that. This one, hey... Good luck to you. You sound like a scorned lover, Bob. I'm a little bummed about the Hargrave deal, just that he ended up with the Niners. Again, it wasn't so much that I expected the Seahawks to get him. It would have been awesome if they did, and that was if we were doing our dream scenarios, like, hey, if you could pick a player for them to go out and get, who would it be? That would have been my pick. Over Deron Payne before when it was? Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I I guess I didn't really consider paying because when they put the tag on him, you knew he was. Yeah, but I mean, like in the very beginning. Yeah, it would have been pain between the two if you're talking about that. But that that got eliminated pretty quick that that they put that fire out. But Sam Darnold, as we were talking about in the break, he could go there and and play. If he does not look good in this system with that line, with all the weapons they have, he's just not good. That's just flat out the answer. I, we can make excuses. Well, he was in New York. It was terrible. He didn't have anything to work with. And, oh, he was in Carolina. They didn't give him anything to work with. Sorry, man. You're out of excuses. If you get a shot here, now we'll see who's healthy, who's not. And if he starts the year as, as the starting quarterback and you, you can't match what Brock Purdy did, the Mr. Irrelevant seventh-round pick, then you're just not, a, you're just not the guy. You're, you're a backup forever. Well, you're right in that. That kind of sets the standard. I mean, if you put Sam Darnold in there and he can't operate, now they did lose their their right tackle. It was pretty pretty darn good. And Mike McGlinchey went to Denver, but still, you know, I I feel like, and you know, we'll see. I, I thought last year was really interesting, kind of eye opening. It was like the year of the coach. You know, people that found. I mean, and it's not every coach, obviously, but I felt like Pete with the job that he did with this team, including Geno Smith, and then same thing down in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. A really good job with a a rookie quarterback who was a seventh-rounder. So, yeah, I I agree with you on that with Sam Darnold. If he can't get it done there, but, you know, they want Trey Lance to to come back. They've got Brock Purdy there. So, Mm -hmm. you know, see if he gets a chance. Field Yates sent out a tweet. said, the 49ers have the third overall pick from the 2021 draft at quarterback and Trey Lance. They have the third overall pick from the 2018 draft and Sam Darnold. And it's plausible that both will back up the last pick in the 2022 NFL draft in Brock Purdy. How about that? So we'll, we'll see how it shakes out there with San Francisco. But it feels like for the time being, they've answered their quarterback question, whether 
they have belief that Darnold is the man or just the guy to to you know tape together that spot until one of those other two become healthy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, yeah, this this uh, what I, I was watching the the selection show, the NCAA selection show, mm-hmm. and then reading. I love just getting people's reaction. Is there? I, I I was I was actually kind of bummed that there wasn't as much outrage as there normally was. I was looking for it, and there certainly was. How did this team get in? This and usually it's about the lower seeds, and this you know this team was nineteen and fourteen. They should be in. And it's like all right, it's it's hard to get too worked up about that. I found that disappointing. I like the outrage. I like the outrage. I like the injustice of it all. I like people holding their breath and pounding their fist. And what is the committee doing? You're you're derelict in your duties by not putting in this school and you put in that school. You only had 380 to choose from. How do you put them in? I mean, it's just it, it's that kind of hand wringing cracks me up every year. Every year you could expand the field to 120 and you will still have that level of, of complaining and, and outrage and to this point, I haven't seen much of it. Does that mean the committee got it right? Because if so, that kind of bothers me. <laughs> Bob wants more chaos. I want more. He wants more hate. I just like when people are upset, when they're just kicking and screaming about just this is like you've got three blind mice out there picking the teams and they're throwing darts at the dartboard. And is this how they came up with it? Because that's usually how it's perceived. That's how they portray it. It's like. These know-nothings behind the scenes are putting this together, and they miss the most obvious. This is the most obvious and glaring omission in the entire bracket. And how did you not put this team in? And, again, there was some of it, but not to the level I've seen in what feels like every single year. So you wanted the year year of, like, Seth Greenberg when he just went on a rant when Virginia Tech was left out. Yes. I wanted wanted somebody upset. Yeah. And I actually didn't even see any analysts, like, legit media people that were like, what? It was more of the seed placement. They thought Kansas should yeah. have been the two and been in Kansas City. Yeah. But uh, TCU was upset. Did you hear uh, their name get butchered? Thanks, Seth. Yeah, but Clark keep an eye on oh, the Froghorns. Frog Thanks, Seth. But keep an eye on those Texas for Froghorns. They are Froghorns. Yeah, those Texas. For <laughs> I did frog hear horns. that one. They I, are. I was watching right there, and Who I was, was that. Was that? Uh, it was Clark, Clark Kellogg. Kellogg. Clark Kellogg. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought somebody was going to correct him. One of the other guys, and they all just kind of went with it and just. Yeah, because at one point, Gumble was like the um, – because um, uh, he couldn't come up with the American Conference. Where right, Houston right. And Somebody filled in the blank for him. Houston, Memphis. Yeah, somebody well, helped a, him there's out. There's a clip from TCU's watch party, and they aren't too thrilled about having their name butchered. Oh, is that so, right? You, visually, they were upset. Visually, or? yeah. They're all, oh. like, confused and a little, like, well, you know, what did he call us? It's funny because <laughs> Dickie V came on, and he was like, I went to church this morning and, you know, saying – God, please help me be nice today because I know I'm going to get mad. And then he didn't really get mad Nobody you know, about the whole thing. And then the other thing is I saw it in the NIT selection show also that they get people from the committee to come on and yeah, you know explain yeah, everything. And so when they, they go on to this whole thing and the guy was the, the kind of nerdly guy for the NCAA tournament was like explaining everything that was like very, <laughs> you know, and then we looked at the whole body of work and, and then they kind of took the, I think he, he took the wind out of their sails. Because yeah. I, I haven't seen that so much in the past. Maybe I'm wrong, uh, where they get somebody on from the selection committee. But I felt like, you know, they kind of got in front of that to try to, you know, I don't know. What, wouldn't you want, you know, if you're ESPN or even the NCAA, don't you want that kind of controversy? Yeah, you, you want, want the dialogue. Talk, yeah. Yeah, you want, you want the conversation. You want the debate. Whether, right. whether people are going, you bunch of dummies, how— just the conversation. You want the attention on your product. Yeah. And and people looking at the – and then maybe you've got more eyes on that team they feel like shouldn't be there just so they can go, see, 
they got their tails kicked. They shouldn't have been there. They, you know, yeah. it just it all comes full circle. Whether it's coming from a place of excitement and, and joy or angst and and hand wringing and hate, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> More hate. Well, the one thing I was annoyed at was that uh, CBS, when they put the play-in game, they had they still had Howard and Southeast Missouri up on State the screen up there, and so yeah. I wrote it down. And then I'm like, wait, that's wrong. And I had to scratch it out, and it screwed up my whole thing, Bob. Oh, it's all a big mess. They, at the they switched it. I was watching the same thing yeah. on Farley Dickinson and uh, Texas Southern. Yeah. was the, the plan. There was also, uh, there's a, uh, I can't remember if it was East, Midwest, where the play-in game was like for the 11 seed. Uh, the the play-in, play-in game, I think, goes against the 6 seed. Yeah, there are a couple of those. Yeah. We can get to more. There was only There was only one. Yeah. That I saw. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, that that was kind of that was kind of strange, but um, but yeah, it was. I think that's it. I think that they're they're getting all of these people from the selection committee on, and they sort of put the fire out, and yeah. there's no outrage. At least you know if people can, like you said though, if there's 120, 121, 22, 23, 24, they're all going to be pissed. holding their breath and stomping their yeah. feet. All right, coming up, we know about the defensive concerns, but there's actually. A bigger concern in this offseason, maybe more of a priority for the Seahawks team. We're going to get into that next with Wyman and Bob. This is Seattle Sports on 710.